Welcome to the Get in the Fight podcast. My name is Nate Whitson, and I'm the founder of Get in the Fight Ministries and our exclusive online fight club for Christian men. Everything we do here is dedicated to helping Christian men become the men that God meant for them to be. So if you're looking for helpful content and conversations that can help you to grow and become the man that God made you to be, then you're in the right place. But before we get started, please do me a huge favor and be sure to subscribe, click the like button, and then leave us a five-star review. Doing that helps us to reach more men who are looking for content just like this. Also, if you'd like to learn more about our mission and how to get involved or how to join the Fight Club, then head on over to getinthefight.club, that's getinthefight.club, and learn more today. But without further ado, it's time to get in the fight, so let's go. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Get in the Fight podcast. This is episode number two, and my name's Nate Whitson. I'm the founder of this ministry called Get in the Fight, where we are fighting for the life that Christ uh, died for and made available to us, life to the fullest, life more abundantly. And uh, yeah, so today I'm going to kind of continue, continue, do a continuation. What are we doing? We're going to do a continuation of the conversation that we had from episode one, where I kind of laid out this idea that uh, there are standards that I had worked on. I'd heard this from Steve Weatherford, um, and the idea that maybe we're struggling to be the men that God made us to be because we don't know our standards. We don't have a North Star, like specific, purposeful, meaningful things that... um, are directing us and guiding us things that we are saying, I want to hold myself accountable to these specific standards. And in that first podcast, I had mentioned to you that, um, the correct answer is kind of like when you're doing a quiz, you know, and you're in Bible school or something as a kid, like the correct answer is always Jesus or Paul. It seems like the correct answer here is what kind of man do you want to be? I want to be a man, uh, like Jesus. What I was saying in that first podcast, which you can go back and listen to, uh, and what I really believe is that um, to just answer it that I want to you know, love God and love people or be more like Jesus is true. That is the absolute truth. That is the absolute goal for us. What I'm suggesting that Steve Weatherford was suggesting was that we all know that answer and yet we're struggling um, to find the power behind that to really create change. There's a desire for us, I think, as Christian men to be men like that, to be more like him, um, but we're not experiencing it for some reason. I mean, you think about yourself as you're listening to this today. Would you describe yourself as living life to the fullest? Have you embraced that? Or do you find yourself uh, in this journey that we're all in, but maybe a long ways from that, or maybe even wondering if it's even possible to live life to the fullest, like Jesus offers. And so by creating some standards and creating these downloadable, memorable, portable uh, messages, as I pray through these every single day, what I'm experiencing and discovering for myself is something that um, is changing some of those behaviors. It isn't, um, which I want to re- rehash this with you. Um, I don't know how much I got into it. I can't remember in the first podcast, but I want to, I want to say this about downloading a statement like this. This is not a get help. Well, what is it called? You know, um, and this isn't, 
self-help. That's the word I was thinking. This isn't like a self-help kind of thing where I'm just, I'm internalizing positive messages and I'm just rehashing something that just, it's positive and think nice and think your way to better health and wealth. Like it's none of that garbage. As a Christian man, we are grounded in scripture. We're grounded in a pure, true relationship with God himself and his son, Jesus. God himself lives inside of us. That's what we, we know. We experience that. We know when we hear God speak to us in our lives. And um, we want to then embrace the life that God has called us to, um, which is to set our minds on things above, which is to fix our eyes on Jesus. It is to um, pursue life in him the way that scripture des- uh, describes for us. And so for me, this isn't about just like thinking positive or um, finding strength within myself. No, this is in a very Christian sense, the way that we ought to take our thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. So I'm throwing all these different scripture references out to you. Um, and if, if we can, we'll put these in the show notes for you as well. But the Bible is very clear that if you want to change your life, you need to change the way you think. So all these other self-help things are really just borrowing from God's truth in that. And I want to take the standards that I've created and use those to download as prayers in my own life to say, God, help me to be a man like you in these specific ways. And I think that's really where this powerful transformation can come from is when you are praying specific things that are core to who you want to be um, and foundational to your life, you're going to see, I hope today as we start to break those down, how they can truly help you to find victory and power in your life that's always been there, right? It's, It's always been there once you committed your life to Christ. The power of God in you to make change has always been there, but we are struggling for some reason to live that out. And so um, I'm experiencing this in my own life. And I hope that as I explain these to you today, that you'll see that they can have that same effect in your life as well. Again, before I jump into breaking these down, this is going to be a two-part series where I'm going to look at today, honor and discipline. And then hopefully maybe in episode three, we can look at the last two, strength and joy and, and how they apply to you. But one of the things I wanted to say to you again is, I'm explaining the foundational pieces of this get in the fight uh, mentality and ministry. And I'm telling you how they apply to me, but I, I hope that you will come to find out in listening to me and watching and, you know, um, reading the materials and the content that I don't want this to be about me. I really want you to hear this and really think about how this could be true for you. As we go through these things today, what I hope that you'll find is, encouragement that if you're if you're a man listening to this today and you really feel that tug of God in your heart to say I'm not living up to who I am meant to be and and I feel like I've tried everything there is then maybe this will give you some encouragement to say you know maybe by finding some standards or borrowing these standards that you can then find strength and um, power in your life through God to you know effectively change things in your life that you're wanting to change that's that's my real hope is that yes i'm telling you from my experience but i'm really thinking about you i really want you to think gosh if i embrace these if i start praying this if i start engaging with god in this way 
what could happen in my story. And that's, that's my real heart and intention here. So let me just kind of back up and explain to you a couple things here. So the, the, if you go to my website, getinthefight.club, again, you can download this for free and I encourage you to do that. There is a, a, a document, the, the booklet looks like a yellow document where it says the four tenets. The four tenets is like kind of an old-fashioned word for principles. So these are like the four guiding principles, foundational things that I use every day and that we are um, downloading and going through this very document as a part of Get in the Fight Ministries. And you can get it for free. Just go there, sign up for it. It downloads right away. Get it in your email and start using this. Print it out, put it somewhere for you to see. So I'm, I'm looking at that here, and I'm going to go over that with you here in case you don't have it yet. Um, and it just says this. At the very top, it says, I am a man of, and then below it are the four tenets, the four guiding principles that we look at. And the first one that I say every day is I'm a man of honor. I live with integrity in my private and public life, and I keep the commitments I've made to God and to others. I'm a man of discipline. I do the hard right thing over the easy wrong thing every time. I'm a man of strength. I'm spiritually, mentally, physically, relationally, and emotionally strong, and I use my strength to help serve others. I'm a man of joy. I live my life to the fullest each and every day, and my happiness and attitude is not controlled by my circumstances or feelings. Those are the four tenets, the four foundational things that we're gonna cover in episode two and then episode three. But then I love this verse and I wanna just, I want, I hope that you'll commit this to memory. I hope that you will uh, digest this. We'll spend some time in this verse as well in one of these upcoming episodes. But 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13 and 14 says this, and this is really just like our capstone scripture uh, for getting the fight ministry. Uh, and it says this, be on alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. And then the very first part of verse 14 says, do everything in love. Be on alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, do everything in love. That's awesome. Like that fires me up. I especially like the part that says act like men. And I, I don't, it doesn't read that way in the New Living Translation that I read from or the NIV that a lot of people read from. I can't remember. I'll try to remember to look this up for which translation that is, but you will see different, different wording there. Um, but in this, in this translation that I like, that's how they translated this verse. And I like that to act like men. And that's really what we're shooting for here is I want to be a man like Christ. I want to be like him. And for me, as we start to go through these, I hope that you'll see that by narrowing down the focus to having four specific character traits, I think that what you'll see as we go through these, that these are right in line with what scripture is teaching us when it comes to pursuing the life of Christ. We are becoming more like him and he is our focus. We are trying to act like men who are following in the footsteps of our savior. We're trying to like him, do everything in love and grow to be like him. And so today we're going to just start with these first two. And the first word that we look at, the first tenet is honor. And it's kind of one of these old fashioned words, isn't it? That um, we don't use it a ton. Just thinking off the cuff here, even a little bit, like when you think of honor, 
um, you or people that you where you might see that phrase, I guess I'm thinking um, it might be like in a courtroom, your judge, you might say, your honor, may I approach the bench? Right. Something like that. It's not a space that we use. There's not a lot of spaces that we use that word. But I liked the I liked the traditional old sense of this word. Um, and, and really, when you look at definitions of it, it, here's here's two different things. Number one, it's honor is merited respect. You've earned it, right? So when you use the example of a judge and they are sitting up there overseeing, presiding over a, a court case, that means that that person has merited respect to be in that position and they treat them as such, right? Um, the other side of honor or the other part of honor, when you look at definitions, is to hold something in high regard. So we hold things in high regard, um, like God, like our parents, um, uh, older people, um, people that are older than us, our elders, uh, different things like that, where we, we hold them in high regard. Maybe it's just somebody who we just have so much respect for because of how they've handled difficult situations. That's somebody that we honor and we ought to honor. So there's a merited respect and there's a holding in high regard. That is really what the definition of honor is. And what I'm saying in this daily download, this daily prayer that I go through, is God, I want to be a man who has merited respect from you and from others. I want to live a life that at the end, when it's nothing but just stories that encapsulate however many years I have left, that the stories that are told uh, are ones where people would share stories and they held my name in high regard, my parents' name that I took from them, that they hold the Whitson name uh, in high regard. And again, I can't help but think this way when I go through this, that there's a piece of me and there's probably a piece of you when you start to find your foundational words and you start to go through this process of saying, what kind of man do I want to be? that you realize how far you fall from, from that maybe in this particular you know, space of life. Um, am I always a person that has merited respect? No, that, then that stinks <laughs> to be able to say that. Um, am I somebody who you should hold in high regard all the time? Absolutely not. And my guess is that you would probably say the same thing, right? Um, it's easy it's easy to point out other people's um, lack of merited respect. <laughs> it's easy to uh, point the finger, you know, and again, Jesus is so awesome. The scriptures are so great because, you know, Jesus talks about this, about the, the plank in our eye and the speck, you know, that's in somebody else's, things like that. And you just, you always have to be so humble to walk the path of Christ. You have to really do this with love, uh, like 1 Corinthians 16 talks about. But we have a North Star with honor, and I love that word, um, and I think it's a great word for you to embrace as well. Um, to have this idea of honor in our lives is one that's worthy of shooting for. And so again, the phrase that I use with honor every day is, I live with integrity in my private and public life, and I keep the commitments that I've made to God and to others. So I want to talk about this for a second here with this idea of integrity, because integrity and honor definitely go, go hand in hand here. Integrity is this uh, moral uprightness. It's this idea that um, you, you live 
this unshakable life that your morals, the things that you say matter, uh, that you you live in such a way that you um, you live up to those standards, right? I remember this picture not too long ago that came out on the internet where there was a hurricane that went through somewhere and just, I mean, like the picture is like devastation. Like it just, it demolished home after home. But there was this one house that was right on the beach, just like so many of the others. And it looked like it was literally untouched. It was really just, just this crazy picture to see this house that had so much integrity in the midst of the storm. And that was the conversation for it that they'd, whoever, wherever I saw that, that they were using that. But it showed that no matter what was thrown at this house, that it was so um, full of integrity that it stayed upright in the midst of all of that, that danger and storm. And it was such a good picture for us to think about when it comes to uh, what it means to be a man that is pursuing life like Christ. And so I think about that in my private life, and I want you to think about your private life. It's private because nobody else knows it, but we know as Christian men, that God tests the motives of our heart. He knows the thoughts that we have. He knows uh, where we're going in our minds. He knows um, every look that we're glancing at, uh, everything that we're clicking on with our computers. Um, He knows what we're doing in private. And so although it's private to others, uh, it is public to God. And I think about that, and, and sadly, um, to nobody's surprise, my private life, like yours, probably has some troubling spots. Let's just say that, right? Uh, I certainly have not lived up to the standard of meriting respect or honor um, with things that I have gone to in my mind, disrespectful thoughts, um, mean thoughts, angry thoughts, um, lustful thoughts. Um, in my private life, again, I don't always live up to the standard, um, that you should hold me in high regard. And again, my guess is that you might say the same about you, but my standard of honor and integrity is one where I know what I'm aiming for and what I want you to aim for is that you would keep the integrity that God has called us to in your, in your private life. And you would live up to that. And this is a high calling, isn't it? I mean, this is, this is tough. This is tough. You've probably heard the saying like, who are you and no one's looking? Yeah, that's, that's what this is. And we want to be men of honor when nobody's looking in our public life. It's a little bit easier to, you know, play the game the right way. We, when we know people are watching us, it's easier for sure to do the right things, uh, or at least to pretend, right? Um, But how nice would it be? I mean, just think about this for a second. Like, how nice would it be if you were the same in private as you were in public? And and it just dawns on me as I'm saying this that sometimes who we are in private isn't even just our own personal thoughts or what's in our head. But think about, like, are you the same on Monday as you are on Sunday? Are you the same at home as you are in the workplace or, you know, anywhere else? Like imagine being able to be a man that you are the same in a good way. You're the same man of 
merited respect and high regard when you're by yourself in your thought life and when you're in public that that's really what i'm shooting for that's really like this high bar this high standard that i want to have that's really what being a man of honor is all about when we can say that we're the same and you know again like it's really easy to do the right thing especially as christians on sundays you know again we show up to church on sundays and have you ever met anybody that's not having a good day hardly right like we kind of just show up and everybody's great everything's great how are you doing great (laughs) right but you've been screaming at the kids all morning you're angry with your wife things aren't right in your home but you get into public and you act like it is right that's that's the journey i mean everybody's in that at times hey guys i hope you're enjoying the conversation so far and if you are please do us a huge favor and be sure to subscribe click the like button and then leave us a five-star review It only takes a few seconds to do this, but it makes a huge difference for us, and it helps us to reach more men who are looking for content just like this. Thanks so much for listening and helping us out. Now back to the show. But we're aiming for this high bar of moral uprightness and respect that's deserved, it's merited, and earned because we're trying to be like Christ in private and in public. The next sentence here is that I keep the commitments that I've made to God and to others. So not only are we men of integrity on the inside, regardless of what we're watching or listening to or who we're with or where we're at, but imagine being a person that when you make a commitment to something that you see it through. I, I think about these four tenets. I think about these foundational things. And I just think, man, who wouldn't want these for their kids? right? Like we might listen to these and maybe you'll balk at some of these. I don't, I don't know what your thoughts are with those, but I, I imagine that you would say, gosh, I wish all of the employees that I work with or that work for me would be people of honor and integrity and held to their commitments. I mean, I think the world would be a better place, don't you? If people were concerned about their honor right? If people were concerned about being the same in private as they are in public, don't you think this world would be a better place if we all embraced just this one standard that we're talking about right here? Absolutely. And if that's true, then let it start with us, right? That's kind of where I'm at in this journey is if this is true, then let it be true of me. And I don't know if that changes the world, but it certainly helps it even just a tiny, tiny fraction of a way. (laughs) And it certainly will make God proud of me. And that's, that's enough for me, but I know it will make my life better. The people around me better. And I hope that the inspiration for you is that it could make your life better. God proud of you and people around you better too. So I want you to think for a second, what are some of the commitments that you have made in your life? Let's just start with the one to God. When you became a Christian, what you said was, Lord, you are number one, whatever you want goes. You are the most important. Uh, I am making you Lord of my life, totally in charge. You are supreme. There is none other, (laughs) whatever you say goes kind of thing. And I am committing my life to you uh, based on your love for me and what you've done for me, your sacrifice to me. I will commit everything to you. That's what you said. If you're a Christian, that's what you said. And in fact, I was talking to one of my kids today, my, my youngest today was talking about being baptized and wanting to do that. Her older sisters have all done that, made that commitment. 
And so we were talking about this commitment to Christ and what it means, and she doesn't quite understand it yet, so I don't think she's quite there yet to make that commitment because we were saying, do you know what it means to say, God, I'm committing everything to you? And it was just a great conversation. But I'm asking you that same thing. Did you make a commitment to God? And again, this gets real sobering real quick, doesn't it? When you start thinking this, but like, did you make a commitment to God that said, you are supreme in my life. Whatever you say is what I will do. Think carefully, right? (laughs) Makes me really get very sober minded very quickly here on this one. But I made a commitment to him that he was in charge. And that is tough. That, That takes a real man to live up to that commitment. And that's what we're trying to do. That This idea of living an honorable life to merit the respect, not just of our peers, but of the Lord himself, is one where we want to look back and say, I made a commitment and I kept it. I kept it to the Lord, to the best of my ability. Again, no perfection here, only Christ did that. But to the best of our ability and with intentionality in my life, every day I'm praying, Lord, help me to keep the commitment that I've made to you. Number one. I think about my family, right? Think about your family. If you're married, uh, your wife, think about if you have kids, if God has blessed you with those two things, what commitments have you made to them? When you married your wife, what, what was the commitment like? What were the things that were said? What were the things that were implied? What did she expect? What did her parents expect when you made a commitment to her? What were all the people in the audience thinking or saying when you made that commitment to her publicly, right? That you would be faithful, that you would uh, cherish and love her in sickness and in health for the rest of your life, right? That's a big commitment, isn't it? Especially when it comes to being faithful to her, to cherishing her. Are we doing those things? This is a high standard. The idea of honor and meriting respect is huge. You think about the commitments to God and to your wife just right there alone. Um, we're going to fail that miserably many times. But when that North Star points us back and we constantly daily are downloading this idea and saying, God, I cannot do this on my own, but you can, if you will strengthen me like this. I might have failed a billion times up till to today, but God, help me to be a man of honor. Help me to keep the commitments that I've made to my wife today. Help me to make, uh, to live out the commitment that I've made to my kids. Think about that for a second, dads. What kind of commitments have you made to your kids? Now you might, excuse me, you might not have made any out loud, but they didn't ask to be brought into the house. And they are certainly expecting your commitment to be a dad and to be engaged, to be around, uh, to get better, Uh, You know, we'll talk in the next episode about strength, but your kids are expecting a commitment from you to grow relationally, to become better mentally, um, to stay physically engaged where you can be healthy enough to throw a ball, ride a bike, (laughs) help them move, whatever that is, to be around, you know, all of those things. And so... We've made commitments to God. We've made commitments to our wives and to our kids. How are we doing with those commitments? Are we honoring those commitments? Are we meriting respect? Should they hold us in high regard? 
Or what do we need to do to get back to that? Uh, You've made commitments at work, right? Like, are you a great worker? Uh, Are you doing the things you're supposed to at your work? Um, If you are on a team of some kind, you've made a commitment to the team. What kind of what kind of coach are you if you're on that team? What kind of player are you if you're on that team? Um, on and on it could go, right? There, There is a, a huge need for us to look at the commitments that we've made, to really consider them closely, and then to re-engage with that. And for me, this comes with a daily download, once again, of these standards that I'm setting that says, I want to be a man of honor that merits respect long-term. I'm playing the long game on this. And that's encouraging to us, I hope, because in the short short span, maybe where you're standing today, you have dropped the ball big time. You've let go of your commitments to yourself, to your health, to your wife, to God, and you feel pretty uh, crappy at this point. And if that's the case, you need to consider the long term as well and just say, you know what, it's never too late to repent, change directions, and get going right? Today could be the day for you that you get back on where you merit respect once again. And it'll come with some some headaches and some trouble, but it'll absolutely be worth it for you to get back in the fight and to do those things. And that's the encouragement here. Um, I wrote this down and I just want you to think about it as I think about it here, but like what stories do you want to tell years down the road? This kind of just goes with that idea of thinking long-term. But if God gives you 10 years, 20 years, 30 years down the road, what kind of stories do you want to tell when it comes to things of honor, integrity, and commitment? I think we need to consider those things more closely. We need to kind of fast forward to the end sometimes and say, when I'm gone or when I'm near the end, if I had the ability to just sit around and hear stories that my kids would tell about me, that my loved ones would tell about me, that my wife would tell about me, that God might tell about me, what would I like to hear? What would you like to hear more importantly? What are the stories that you want told? That's, that's worth trying to answer out loud. I hope that for me and for you, that we hear stories that merit respect in high regard. They would be stories that just talked about, you know, my husband was faithful to me all the days of my life. In sickness and in health, my husband was there for me. He loved me. He cared for me. We had a a great marriage. I'd love to hear that from Sarah. Um, From family, from parents, from siblings, from in-laws of different kinds, from my kids from my coworkers and my friends. I hope that the stories that may be told of me would be ones um, that merit respect. And I know that you would feel the same way too. And so we need to slow this down. We need to understand that just saying, I want to be a man of honor, it's much deeper than that. We need to take the time to think through it like we just did here. And and those are some of the thoughts that I have with that for you, for me, um, that we could have this moral uprightness that's worthy of great stories in the end. The second word I want to transition to real quickly here is that I want to be a man of discipline. And I want you to consider this in your own life too. But discipline is really just this idea of obeying a code of behavior. Um, 
And the phrase that we use with this again is, I do the hard right thing over the easy wrong thing every time. Uh, Years ago, when I was doing financial planning presentations with another firm I worked with, uh, I would go around and do these trainings in different parts of the country and talk with federal employees about their benefits and retirement packages and different things that they had uh, in terms of retirement benefits and financial planning needs. And one of the things that I would say to them in that presentation was, was this line that there's going to be, even though I don't know you and I don't know who you are, that whoever's listening to this now, I don't know you either. Maybe, maybe you do. Cause again, there's probably only four of you at this point, but let's assume I don't, I know something about you. This is the point. <laughs> I know something about you. We're going to look back someday if we have the chance and we're going to say one of two things. One option is that we're going to say, I'm so glad that I did fill in the blank. I'm so glad that I saved a little bit of my paycheck every single month from an early age. I'm so glad I did that. I'm so glad that when my kids wanted to ride bikes, I said, yes, let's go do that. I'm so glad that I held my wife's hand every chance that I could. I'm so glad that I took time to have coffee with friends whenever they said they needed me. Uh, I'm so glad that I did all of these things that, again, helped me to merit respect and honor and integrity in my life. I'm so glad that I didn't uh, take that relationship at work that was inappropriate and blow up my family for it. I'm so glad I stayed the course. I'm so glad that I stayed consistently in the gym and, and exercised and kept my health up. I'm so glad for all these things, right? We could go on and on. You have the ability later in life to say, I'm so glad I did. Or you might look back and say, I wish that I had. Isn't that like amazing? Like that phrase there is just, it's a heavy one. And I would let people sit in it for a little bit. And I encourage you to really wrestle with those two options. I wish that I had done all the things that we said on the other end. Like, so, you know, I wish I had spent more time with my wife. I wish that I had read my Bible more. I wish that I had the courage to speak up and tell people about Jesus that I was too afraid for some reason to say something about. I wish I had, what is it? I want you to think about your own life for a second and just wonder to yourself, is there anything that's pressing you right now that you're thinking about where you might say, I know I'm in danger here of living with huge regret. If I don't go do this thing, what is God pressing on you? Do you need to forgive somebody? Do you need to confront somebody? Do you need to start doing something? Do you need to stop doing something? What, what are those things that come to mind when you think about the potential for major regret? And these are, these, these are things that I think about when it comes to discipline because this idea of doing the hard right thing over the easy wrong thing and doing it every time, that is so worthy of pursuing that. It is so worthy of doing that because of those two statements, because of this idea that you may end up saying, I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I had discipline in these areas. Or I wish I had. 
and that pain of regret is so heavy. You can't make up that time once it's gone. You can't go ride the bike when the kid is 25 and doesn't want to spend time with you now, right? You can't go back and erase that stuff. And so we need to embrace this idea of discipline and figure out, you know what, there are some hard things that we might have to do today. But they're so worth it, right? They're so worth it. What are the hard, right things that you need to do when it comes, for example, to your physical health? I know for me, I told you a little bit of this journey, not much of it, but a little bit in episode one of, for me, the physical health was what really jump-started the need for change for me. And I had really gotten out of the fight. I was, I was, um, I was just feeling it. You know, I used to be athletic years ago when I was a kid and, uh, I knew that the standard was high then. And I knew that my mindset was better then. And I knew that at 45, I dropped the ball somewhere along the way. And it had been a yo-yo it had been up and down journey for sure. But physically I knew I had lost the discipline that I needed to live the life that I desired. And so that's where I started it. And maybe you're at that spot too. What are the hard right things you need to do when it comes to you, uh, to your physical health? Um, I tell everybody all the time, literally just start as slow and as easy as you can. Don't try to join CrossFit day one and say, I'm going to change my life. For a lot of people, that's too much. I literally started my own journey saying, okay, (laughs) I have zero motivation. I'm so out of control right now. I just needed, I needed the bar to be super low. And I think it's a good approach. What I would, what I would do is say, I'm going to do 10 sit-ups, 10 push-ups, 10 squats, um, and walk down the road there and back or something like that. It was just like the, the bar was so low. I knew I could at least do that, but that really got the ball rolling for me and, um, started to put me on the right path. Um, that was the hard right thing for me was to do something. And that might be the best thing for you to hear today too. What's the hard right thing for you relationally right now? Uh, you know, again, we've talked about this a little bit, but what's your relationship with God like? What's the, what's the relationship with your wife like? How's the relationships going when, with your kids? What's your relationship like with your siblings or parents or in-laws or whoever, right? Who comes to mind for you? What is the hard right thing that you need to do when it comes to relationships? Here's another one. What, what is the hard right thing for you when it comes to food? We don't really talk about food a lot and, and we should, we should do it more because it's so available to us in our country. And I know some of you are listening to this. I've got friends in Ukraine and Mexico and different parts that I think are, are here probably listening to some of this or will, and maybe it's not the same for you. I don't know. But I do know that for us in America, at least, that the hard right thing for us is to say no to food. Um, You know, Jesus says, when you fast, and he goes on and explains more there. How are you doing? Like, have you fasted in in a while? Like, when's the last time that you said no to food? Uh, You should try it. I should try it. I should literally put the fork down more often. I should say, I'm going to limit how much I eat. I should limit when I get to treat myself to treats, right? Um, things like that. Uh, what's the hard right thing when it comes to food? What, what's the hard right thing for you when it comes to your time? Think about like how you're spending your time. For some of you, 
probably for most of you, if I say like, tell me about your time, guess what everybody's probably going to say? I am so busy. Like life is so chaotic. It's so crazy. I don't have time for other things. And I'm just going to say that's baloney. I just am like, I, I, I understand it. I feel that pressure. Um, as my buddy Matt used to say is we all have time. We just don't have time for that hard thing. And, and I'm going to challenge you on it that you need to figure out how can other people who are doing great in that area that you want to be great at, how are they doing it? Because they're probably just as busy as you. The answer is probably that you're going to have to do some hard right things like get up at way earlier time and figure out how to be tired for a week until your body adjusts to it. You're going to have to figure out how to say no to certain things with your time because more important pressing things are coming. And again, we could just talk way too long about this, but what are the hard right things when it comes to your time? That's a big question that I think more of us need to really go like, what's priority? Where am I aiming for? What are the stories that I want to be told? And then how do I use my time appropriately to do that? I want to be a man of discipline. I'm in charge of my time and I'm going to be in charge of it in a way that um, honors relationships, honors God and builds towards stories that I want to be told. Last one for food for thought is um, what are the hard right things that you need to do when it comes to money? Again, I'm, I'll put a disclaimer out there. <laughs> I don't give specific financial planning advice, but I am a financial planner advisor by trade. Um, and I don't intend to take this ministry into that realm of talking specifics with money. It's not really what I'm interested in, but money is such a huge piece of our lives. In fact, Jesus talked more about money than any other topic, which is crazy, right? More than love, more than heaven and hell, more than faith. He talks about money. Why? Because scriptures are clear your heart and your money are tied together. And so what are some hard right things when it comes to money? Things that I think about, again, are saving, investing, um, but maybe more like saving and investing for spiritual things. Um, I think for too many of us men, the last big hurdle when it comes to being a Christian man is releasing the hand that holds the money. And again, what's awesome, 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 awesome about the Lord is he doesn't say, here, I'm going to give you this. Now you give it all back. He, he rarely does that. Again, there, there, there might be times where he's done that. Maybe he'll ask you to do that, but it's rare, I think. Instead, what he does is he says, trust me, give back a portion, give back the best portion in the beginning, and then you use the rest. Like he's so generous. He's so generous. And again, we'll talk more about money over time, but do you trust God with your money? And if you say yes, but you're not even giving at least 10%, then you don't yet. And I know that sounds like super harsh. Does God need your money? No, that's not the point. But he wants your heart. And if he doesn't have you trusting him with your money, then he doesn't have yet your full heart. And I want to challenge you in that, that the hard right things for some of you, for many of you, statistically, most of you, because when we look at giving that's in the church, we see that it's very, very low statistically, that we need to be better givers than we are. And do you know what's holding most families back from giving? It's the dudes. It's us. It's us fellas. It's you listening to this that are men saying, I trust God, but I don't trust him that much. 
you want to give away how much of our money? Like that's how we start thinking and saying it to our spouses. When we're like, I think we should be given more. We need to be more disciplined here. Uh, when it comes to money, we need to do the hard right thing. And I just will challenge you when it comes to money to, to trust the Lord in that, to see how it goes, you know, um, find ways to be more generous in giving over the easy things, right? It's easy to just say, God, here's 20 when it doesn't hurt you anything, doesn't cost you anything, but he didn't do that for us. He did the hard right thing for us and giving back a little bit more is important. So I want to challenge you on that. Um, the last piece of this, I do the hard right thing over the easy wrong thing. And I do it every time the, the consistency piece to me is so huge. Uh, I bet I'm not unique in this way, but my consistency has been flawed. Um, there's certain times that I'm all in and it works great and I'm disciplined in lots of areas. And then there's many times where I'm completely off the rails and it's like this yo-yo life. And I, I bet you understand that world a little bit. It's just part of humanity, I'm, I'm sure. But I plugged in this idea that I want to do the hard right thing, but I didn't just leave it at that. Like I do the hard right things over the easy wrong things. Yes, but I want to be telling stories that I did it every time. I know going into this, you know going into this, that that will not happen because that's what a perfect Christian man would do. <laughs> and I'm not that guy and you probably aren't either, but the standard ought to be high and the standard is high. I want to do the hard right things every time. And so when I have accountability with myself or my accountability brothers will speak to me, they're going to say, how are you doing when it comes to discipline? How are you doing when it comes to doing the hard right things? What are the things that you should be doing that you're not doing, right? That's very specific accountability to me uh, that other people can hold me to. And yeah, it's heavy. It's, it's hard to do those things, do those right things that are very hard. It's hard to do that every time. Um, but that's what the standards are. So for today's conversation, again, we want to be alert. We want to stand firm in the faith. We want to act like men. We want to be strong. We want to do everything in love. And it starts with being a man of honor who merits respect and high regard. And we want to be men of discipline who are able to say, I'm so glad that I did those hard right things consistently over my life in those key areas of my life so that those stories that we tell are honoring to God and to the relationships that matter most. So that's where we're going. To, uh, in, the next, um, in the next episode, we'll look at the last two of these four tenets. We'll look at strength and joy. And, and they're awesome too. I mean, I think the combination of all four of these, you will see that a man that lives in this kind of way, if we, could, if we could live up to this high standard, you will see that it isn't about being strong for the um, sake of just vanity or strength internally or any of those things except for just saying like, man, we will be so much more like Christ if we're men of honor, discipline, strength, and joy. So we're going to head into that next. Appreciate you guys listening in. Uh, again, check out getinthefight.club. Check out that website, sign up, connect with me on my social media. I'd love to hear from you, and uh, we'll catch you on the other side. Thanks so much. Have a great day.
Hey guys, thanks so much for being here today and listening to the show. Please be sure to head over to the website at getinthefight.club. And before you go, if you haven't already, please subscribe, click the like button, and leave us a positive five-star review. It makes a huge difference whenever you do. Have a great day. Go get in the fight.